Hello, I am Victoria with Hope Server Stocks, and with me is Jamie. Hey. Otherwise known as James. And he has been, I've known him for close to a year. In like a week and a half, it'll be a whole year. Uh, he came up to our workshop last January, our Cultivating Confidence workshop, and was very interested, and he's been coming back since then. So Ollie is his dog, which is Lucy's baby daddy. All right, so he's going to be a grandpa soon. Will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we wanted to talk today while we're waiting. We're back waiting for the mamas to go into labor and have puppies. Uh, we were talking about scent-based service dog task training and figured we would record on it, talking about it, answering questions on it, and then we can share that knowledge with all y'all. Right. So that's what this is. If you guys do have any questions, if you're catching this live on Facebook, let us know what the questions are and hopefully we can answer them. But uh, if you're listening to this afterwards, a lot of the podcasts you can get a hold of us or hopeservicedocs.org and let us know what your questions are and maybe we can answer those next time. So scent-based service dog tasks, right? Think diabetic alert dog. That's scent-based. We know that's scent-based. There's other ones like seizure alert or PTSD or POTS that we don't know if they're scent or sight based. And what that means is, is the dog figuring it out through their nose, which is way better than our nose, or by what you're doing, what physical thing you're putting off, you know, are you going super pale? Are you freezing up? Are your pupils dilating? Like, I don't know. And that's a big thing too, I don't know. And that was my question to Vicki is, is, you know, when, when do you differentiate between the scent versus the actual just physical things that the person's doing? Um, so we're gonna hopefully get into that. Yeah, yeah, and we aim for both, right? I like to ask people, you know, we've had people who have PTSD or people who have seizures that aren't epileptic seizures, right? Maybe they're PTSD induced seizures. And they tell me that they have seizures and they want to do scent-based. I don't know if that's scent or sight. I'm not a dog. I don't know. I don't think there's been any studies on it. Um, and if so, I haven't seen them. So if you know of any studies that have been done on it, let me know because I'd be very interested in knowing. Um, but we train for both. And then what do we use? Is it saliva, which is spit? Is it sweat? Is it blood? It's not blood, usually. Um, it's spit insulin. So we're going to show you how to do, how to collect samples, how we prep the dogs and all that. Uh, but we do train for both. It, I've had people with my pots, um, you know, friends and stuff, once they get to know me, they'll look at me and they'll say, you feeling okay? And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling fine. And then a few minutes later, I'm like, I don't feel good. So there is a sight base to it. Is the dog noticing what you're doing because they're more keyed in with you. So we do like to train a very nice focus from the dog so they are focusing on you paying attention to you you know and they've got it so they can pick it up if i'm having a wonky time i'll call the dog over i'll breathe on them but we start introducing scent deliberate introduction of scent to the puppies at three days old before eyes open before ears open we give them you know a day to recover from delivery uh, or two days to recover from delivery and then we start with the early neurological stimulation and the early scent introduction and as we have these litters, we'll share that with you. We usually do. We put it up on TikTok. We'll cross post it on our Insta, on Facebook, on YouTube. So make sure that you watch for that too, because it's really interesting. And I'm not going to say it's one of the things that sets us apart from other breeders, 
But since we were trainers first, service dog trainers first, I knew what I wanted from a puppy I would get. And oftentimes our pups excel more than the dogs who would come in from dogs outside of our breeding program. See, I saved that one. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to phrase this nicely, but, uh, you know, like they're more successful at it because it's something that we nurture from the time that they're three days old. Yes. And in terms of, I, I've been, like you said, I've been here about a year now and I've seen uh, about two, I think maybe three of the, the litters and doing the early neurological stimulations. And that scent comes in right at the beginning. It so, does. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite scent that we've used so far? Well, the one I'm most familiar with and working with the dogs here is Birch, right? Yeah. Um, that's the one that kind of, that's the novice type of scent. So it, I guess it's one that, what, they, they start off with. Yep. If you're going to do AKC scent work, so Ollie's working towards his scent work titles and Bert's working towards his scent work titles. And the first scent that they do in novice, here's what you see. Um, the first scent they do in novice is Birch. So, you know, we'll introduce that. Um, we'll also introduce the nosy nose pillows that we'll, we'll get to and show you guys. Um, we'll use those with the puppies. Uh, we were using them yesterday, today, the last few days. Uh, we'll work scent focus for a little bit. And then we'll pull off and do a different focus and kind of give them time to absorb what we were just working on, which, for example, was, has been scent while we maybe pull in something new. And then we can add both of them. And then we'll pull in something else new because uh, it's a lot that we have to teach these pups. And while we have two years to get them where they're a fully trained service dog, learning is never done. So always closing in on three. Yeah. yeah. In what, April? Yep. In April, he's going to be three. And he has, what, two legs towards his interior and his exterior? He does. Yeah. We're hoping to close that out. Uh, this month? Within this month, yeah. So. Uh, and then we're towards his elite and get him started with advanced and with the... Uh, the others, what is it? Uh, container and buried. Yeah. yeah. See how he does with all that. Uh, and why is to help prove them as service dogs, right? Uh, Bert, well, I don't need a scent alert for the pots because I feel cruddy a lot of the time. You know, it is nice if I am out for him to say like, hey, you might want to sit down and uh, not do that right now um, because you don't feel good. So we'll do it. A lot of people want it. Uh, and it's similar, right? So the POTS, uh, scent-based seizures, um, scent-based diabetic alert is all trained similarly. And it starts at three days old, right? It starts there. Well, but I have a dog and my breeder didn't do that. We do. <laughs> um, or I have a dog who's a year and I'm just getting started. It's going to be harder for you, right? Because the dogs are very plastic at three days old. You know, we can mold, we can shape, we can encourage different things. Uh, we were talking about having them, you know, fight for the nip a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, to build that, that drive and that love for it. So, um, we're able to do a lot because we breed here, which is really awesome. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. So, so how do you want to go forward with, um, talking about the puppy side of it or going into the actual task training? Um, what would you like to do? Do you have a preference? Because we can hit both of them so, at different times. Yeah, I guess um, my questions kind of boil down to, I, I'm familiar with a lot of the tools, and I think a lot of viewers are, the tools that we use, right? 
um, for nose work are, you know, this is the nosy nose. That's the one you mentioned. It might be the starting, I like nosy one. nose. Yeah. Um, and why is it's this little kit you can get Amazon, uh, Etsy. I believe they have their own website now also. And they look like little pillows that Barbie would use. Like they're about that size. But the little pups that we have now are three months old, right? So as we're playing with them, we can hold it in our hand. Well, they know the two-finger touch. So we hold it in our hand, they come over and they smell it. And we can hold it in this hand. What if it's in a closed hand and it's just in one of them? Can you figure out what the difference is? Why are you getting a reward for going to the one with the pillow in it versus the one without the pillow in it? Uh, what if I tuck it underneath my leg or in my sock? Uh, what if it's here on the shelf beside me and not on me? Will you? Can you find it there? Now for allergen detection dogs, the scent is going to be in the environment. It's not going to be on you. For a lot of the other medical alert dogs, the scent is on you, right? Diabetic, it's on you. Pots, it's on you. It's not going to be that you have to warn me that there's peanut butter on the handle of that door because I smell it, I'll touch it, I'll go into anaphylactic shock and die, right? So uh, what you're going to need is going to be a little bit different. Um, I don't do a lot of food allergen ones. Um, I'm busy with the pots. I'm busy with the puppies. Um, I don't do a lot of food allergen detection dogs. And that you really have to be careful and you have to proof up the wazoo, right? Uh, your dog can't be walking through a restaurant and say, hey, that, that table has gluten, that table has gluten, that table has gluten. It has to be a specific thing. Here's a plate. Does it have gluten on it? You know, and see. Uh, but what happens if you're out and you don't have your magic plate? Because you have to train for everything, right? Um, and you have to be prepared. Um, but I do a lot with the others, right? So if you're going to say, well, how would you train, you know, peanut? I, I don't do that. Like, I can give you, like, this is what I would do. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I do a lot with the scent and the sight. So we'll work a lot with focus on me. And that isn't this, where you draw your hands from the dog up to your forehead in the shape of an L on your forehead. Yeah. No, wasn't that a song? Yes. Um, we don't do that, right? But if the dog offers it and I catch the dog looking at me, even if I have to, to get the dog to look at me, I can click and reward. And the dog understands that the click means get out of behavior that ends the behavior, marks and ends it, and then go over and get the food, and then they can come back to me and look at me. And I can click and I can reward over here. If I'm just marking and feeding the dog right into their mouth while they're looking at me and they're still looking at me, that's not hitting the same thing. That can go for duration, right? The other one is for that finding you. So I do that a lot. I'm very good at getting focus from a dog. It's really nice, especially when we start them so young. Yes, yes. Some of the older dogs would come in. Jamie, we had one dog who would come in. It was a Doberman. And the Doberman would not look at you. Oh, yeah. He would, she would look, and then she'd go up and around you, and she'd continue looking. Oh, yeah. But she would not look well, at people. Because it could be a form of aggression. Like, yeah. Uh, she was very, I hate using the word shut down, but yeah. she was. Yeah. You know, so for that dog, getting her to look, in the beginning it was look at my niece. Mm-hmm. Right? And we'll reward that. Yeah. And, you know, that even if you brought a whole hot dog up to your eyes, she was still not going right, to look at you in the right. beginning. But, you know, you can gauge it. Yes. So, again, that's why it's nice to start with the breeder who knows what they're doing. Right. Um, and starts out well. Uh, so we want that focus for the site base. We want the scent stuff. We work with this and the pillows. And it comes with refills. So if you're on here, you can see this is the scent refill. There's some corn cob in here, corn cob bedding, and scent. What is it, anise? I think it is, yeah. I never anise. remember. Anise, yeah. Yeah. So, and this is not birch. 
but we just said we like birch. You know, we, we use different ones, mm -hmm. right? We'll also use for the puppies, uh, for the newborns. Um, we've had people send us like pine because uh, they have pine trees in their yard. Um, we've had people send cotton rounds with uh, horse on it. Like they have a horse, so they'll go out and they'll rub the cotton round on the horse and they'll send it to us or cat or rabbit or guinea pig or like whatever, chickens, chicken feathers, mm -hmm. you know? So like we'll get different things and see the puppy's reactions to some of them. Some of them are like, oh, I really like that. And they'll go towards it, like sniffing up a storm. Some of them will just act like there's nothing there. And some of them will pull away. Yep. Like it's the worst thing ever. Yes. And I'm trying to remember what it is. Maybe lemon, lemon juice. When we do that, they're always like, whoo. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and we'll, we'll track it on what it is. Uh, so we know, um, you know, we do have the cat out there. If we catch them, we can. Yeah. Absolutely. We used to have the chickens. We have the goats. So we've got some of those scents. Um, we'll use, I like lavender. Yeah. It's calming. It's soothing. It smells good. Yep. And you were getting into the capturing aspect of it, where if you find a dog that has a certain, like he's caught a scent or she's caught a scent, um, maybe it is like a chicken feather on the ground or something. You could reward that. The reason I picked this one up first is because this is just so easy to quickly and easily train a dog. Um, starting from a, a young puppy, you can just hide this like we talked about. Um, and if you're in an apartment, maybe you don't have access to all these smells that we have on the farm, but you can just buy this and then get your dog started. And what this can lead into is what I wanted to talk more about is the actual tasking off of scents and um, how you can transfer, uh, transfer your dog from maybe this into actual task work off of you. Perfect. Yes. So what this teaches at three days old, right? We're teaching that scent has meaning. And a lot of times, um, maybe you have candles going in your house all the time and you have plug-in air fresheners and maybe you smoke or someone comes around who smokes or so you're not diligent about that. And you use a bunch of Axe body spray, right? And your dog is overwhelmed by these scents and learns to ignore their nose. So what we do is we teach the dogs that scent has meaning and understanding that. So they're little, right? They're little guinea pig potatoes when they're born. Um, while we're doing it, if, especially if I'm not feeling good, I'll put one on me and I'll just breathe on them. Um, sometimes they burrow. They're allowed to burrow. They can lick, right? So if they're licking, especially if they're licking where you sweat, like awesome. Like if they're licking my clothes, it's a little weird. So maybe I'll pull up my sleeve and they can lick my arm. So we'll work with that with them. That scent has meaning. And when you smell this, good things happen. So I'll always give them love and attention. You know, like that's a good puppy. Uh, it didn't happen yesterday, but some, we had the three, three month olds, uh, Bert puppies at the park, Bert and Figment. Uh, so we had five dogs, five service dogs and service dogs in training at the park yesterday at Universal. And we find some hidey holes and we go over and we'd work the dogs. I wasn't feeling great. So I laid down and Bert was there and then Figment came crashing over because she wanted to, she knew, she's like, I can do this. Um, I know what's needed, but often what we'll do, especially if we have puppies who we know are going to people who have pots, is they'll just start bringing me puppies, you know, or I'll say, bring me, you know, whomever, bring me, um, you know, Fido and get Fido over here. And I'll love on Fido and teach the dog that when you smell this, this is what I want you to do. You know, I want you to go into deep pressure therapy across my lap. If I'm lying down, I want you to be across me or to be beside me. Um, this scent means something. And because we're not ignoring it, you know, we're not like, oh, no, it's nothing. Um, because the dog, we limit the scents in the house. Like, we don't use air fresheners. I do have some candles. We don't burn them all the time. 
Um, we usually don't have plugins going because we don't want to ruin scent. We don't allow smokers, you know, like they're not around smokers. Um, it, it can't like they can't cause it'll, it'll ruin, it'll kill that, that nose on them. So if somebody, this is one thing I don't know if I told you or not, if somebody's diabetic and they want a diabetic alert dog from you or something scent based, but there is a smoker in the home, I won't do it. Oh, that's because you can't, yeah. you know, yeah. you're going to kill the dog's nose. Yeah. That makes sense. So it's something that, like my mom, I remember, oh my gosh, from an early age when they were smoking in non-smoking parts of the yeah. restaurant and everything, and sometimes there was none and it was all smoking, like we wouldn't go there, because she was very um, anal yeah. <laughs> about being around um, that smell, that smoke. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's... It makes sense, because yeah. it covers up everything, so... Yeah, so. and it coats, yeah, yeah, exactly, it covers yeah. up, it coats, you know, and it, it'll ruin what you can do. So we teach them, like I said, we teach them that scent has meaning. Oftentimes, like these pups are three months old now, I haven't used scent samples for myself, but I'll use myself as a live sample. Um, I don't think any of them are diabetic. I think they're all pots if they're scent-based. But even if they were diabetic, I don't need the scent samples yet from the owner. I can use this and just work on exercising their nose. People are always very much in a hurry to get to that final scent. Right. But I want him for diabetic alert. So here's my scent samples that I've collected, which mm -hmm. we'll get to how to collect those. Here it is. I don't want that. I don't need that yet. Yeah. And I, I really don't because this if you screw so. it up yeah. and the dog's like, I hate the smell of anise and nosy nose. I don't care because I can pull out perch. I can pull out lavender. Yeah. I can pull out vanilla. I yeah. can pull out so many different scents that mm -hmm. we can do. If the dog doesn't like the diabetic scent, yeah. you're screwed. Yeah. So it's like doing the, the reps. Um, in cross training, I, I used to play basketball, but like I don't, I'm, I'm not big on like the whole work yet thing, but I know like football players don't just play football, right? They'll go and they'll run and they'll go and they'll do weights and they'll, mm -hmm. you know, do different things because it all builds and works together. Yeah, and so, remember the two a days? That's what, football. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we do different like sessions with the pup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so we'll, we'll get it and, and see where they excel at. And it's really neat because from three days old to, you know, when someone goes home at eight weeks old or six months old, we're always doing scent here and there with them. Uh, you know, my mom is diabetic. If my mom's over and she's not feeling good, I might pop a puppy on her. <laughs> my people don't always want to come over to my house. <laughs> I'm going to pop a puppy on you if you don't feel good and see what you do. Like, I want, I don't want the puppy to smell me when I'm potsy and to get all crazy and want to bite at it. So that's where, you know, you're on me, it's nice, we're going to stroke the puppy nicely and pat him, and it's all going to be good. Yeah. But I'm also not walking around where I could pass out with the puppy. Sure. I'm sitting down, or I'm reclined, or I'm lying flat, you know? Yeah. So we get that. Uh, and then as we're doing good with this, and they're finding the nosy nose, is they're maybe introducing a second smell, then we can often come in with the smell, with the scent sample, and teach the dog the same way, but it's easier. And you'll notice with Bert, right? Yeah. With the scent stuff, it was birch, and then it was anise, and now we're starting to introduce some clothes, yeah. and we just kind of take it back, but we don't have to spend as much time with the foundation. Yeah, yeah he's got, he's kind of got it, yeah. Yeah, and what some people will do is they'll cocktail the scents. Yeah. So, and what that means if we're gonna do the AKC stuff is instead of doing birch and anise and clove separately, mm -hmm. they'll put the three of them, them together. together. Yeah. And I've heard good about that, and I've heard bad about that. Yes. So good about that is if you can smell a stew, you can pick out the peas and the corn and the potatoes, mm -hmm. but can you really? Like, again, I'm not a dog. I don't know what a dog smells. I know it's better than what we smell. Yeah. 
I don't know what it is. Like when you come into the house and it's Thanksgiving, you can be, oh, that smells so good. That smells like Thanksgiving. But can you, that's the sweet potatoes, but that's a different recipe this year. Like yeah. I don't do that. Right. I don't know, but my nose isn't dog nose. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I remember um, in dog training in school, they would tell us that with the police dogs, at the very end, they would do the, the mixture. The, the cocktail. Yeah, yeah, the cocktail. Um, with the drugs, right? The different types of drugs that they'd have to go after. But that was like the final type of test. Like, yeah. if you can find, differentiate, you know, what's in this stew, you know, that type of thing. Um, find the one drug that's in with um, other smells, like maybe these that aren't drugs. Yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's important. Um, and I think it's probably the same with service dogs, right? Because they've got to pick out specific scents and a big mixture of scents that are going on around them. Um, Very true. And they have to, like, it's the gluten on that table versus gluten on my plate. Exactly. I need to yeah. know it's just this one that I care about. Yeah. Uh, if it's potsy, you know, uh, believe it or not, a lot of people who come here have pots. Mm -hmm. And so the dogs can technically, like, they could probably alert to everybody. And we've seen it. Like, it happens. Same thing with diabetic. Yeah. We've had diabetic alert dogs out in training, and they'll alert to somebody behind us. I remember it happened that we were watching the Fantasmic at uh, Disney Studios, and, like, the dog would not leave this person alone. The dog was trained as a diabetic alert dog. Mm -hmm. And I turn and I, as I'm talking to him, because I don't often talk to people when we're out. That's Rich's job. It's not my job. And uh, he was diabetic, and he had been at the park all day, and he hadn't checked his blood oh. sugar. And he, you know, when you're exercising, like walking the park all day, it will affect, you know, and then you're eating maybe crap food, or maybe you're really trying to watch it, but you're still getting all this extra exercise. And so he said, I hadn't checked my blood sugar today. He hadn't even thought about it. So he went and checked it. I think he went to the bathroom first from privacy. So he's not like jabbing his finger yeah. um, before Fantasmic started and came back. And he's like, yeah, my sugar was off. Wow. So the dog was doing it. So the dog was doing what he was supposed to be doing. And what if we were like, no, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Like we could screw it up. But it was also a younger pup. So like on a finished service dog, I'm going to expect my finished service dog to go out and do that because I am your focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But to each his own, yeah. you know, like yeah. they'll figure it out. A service dog should still work for one person, but I don't have a problem if he's like, hey, you too, check it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else you got? Um, so, yeah, we were also talking about um, not only, I guess it may have to do with scent, but like how do you know really, and I think we kind of touched on it, that we may or may not know, but... There's certain tasks like uh, blood. Some people want it for blood pressure. I don't know if that's um, uh, is that a, is that a hearing thing? Is that a scent thing? How could you possibly teach a dog blood pressure? Yeah, yeah, that. Um, and I've heard it referred to because I'll get people all the time who apply or who ask me questions on training. And they'll say, like, I need a cardiac alert dog. Yeah. But they won't put on there that they have POTS or dysautonomia or anything. Right. So I'll ask them to clarify, like, cardiac alert for what? Right. You know, Rich's dad had multiple heart attacks. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if there's heart attack alert dogs, but that's what my mind goes to if you're going to say I want a cardiac alert dog is heart attack. Yeah. Um, not a POTS alert. Because I don't know what that is. Right. And one of the bad things about Apple Watches is because it does have the, I don't have mine on today for some reason, but... Um, because it does have the pulse rate, yeah. people will see that their pulse rate got high. Yes. Well, it can happen. Your pulse rate goes up. Yeah. What is it, like 220 minus your age was supposed to be your ideal heart rate? Mm. I, don't know, I think. Isn't that what they taught us in health class? I don't remember. But, yeah, it'll you know? go off. So, yeah. like, it'll go up there, but it's the fact 
mine can get up there, especially if I'm not on meds, it can get up there pretty high while I'm sitting doing nothing. Yeah. But I don't get the benefits of having an elevated heart rate for 10 minutes like you're supposed to because you're in prime. Right. So it's not good. I don't know what the dog hears. Like that was my tangent. But I don't know if the dog can say like, yeah, I hear I that hear his blood more. pressure is really wonky. It's not 120 over 80. It's 170 over 50. Like, I don't think that's what's going on. I don't know. Like, or are you putting off a scent or a hormone? Or the way you're acting may be different or... Yeah. Yeah, it could yeah. be that you're just sluggish or whatever the case may be. I, I just, I find it interesting the different... What the dog can do is kind of broken into different senses, right? And we still don't truly understand how the dog is, you know, getting that the task off of us in, in certain senses, certain regards, certain tasks. Oh, but, totally. Um, I've had people, I remember one person told me, or I heard that they were states away from their dog. States away. Yeah. Right? Not like, oh, like, oh, the border to the states in my backyard, he, he, he. Mm -hmm. But like multiple states away. And the dog was alerting. And so the mom calls up because the dog was at home with the mom and says, you know, hey, kid, uh, you know, how you doing? Um, check your whatever because your dog's alerting. That's crazy. Yeah. And they checked it, and oh my god, it was whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not scent based. That's <laughs> time based. So you know, when you get home from school, Very true, yeah. right? And you'd be hungry, and you get a snack. Yep. Because you're eating lunch at ten o'clock in the morning. Yep. You know, so you get home at three o'clock in the afternoon. You're hungry. You get a snack every day. So what happens whenever you come home? Maybe your dog's like, hey, your sugar's a little bit low. You need that snack. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now it's three o'clock in the afternoon. You didn't come home, but your dog's still like, hey, yeah, time. Um, I'm supposed to alert somebody about something going on here? Yeah. Oh, oh, it is low. Well, it's low because it's just the time of day yeah. that it should be. You know, we, we've got to be practical about these things too, right? Your dog's not smelling you maybe across the room, depending on competing scents and what's going on. And they can still see you from across the room. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, if my dog's outside... And I have all the windows and doors shut and I'm inside. My dog can't alert to me. He can't see me. He can't smell me. You know, like if he is, it's a time thing. He doesn't like feel the connection between us. And know that I need him. I think he does. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Just because you and Cal had that bond. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So we're at Universal, not yesterday, but like a month ago, we were at Universal. And he had Cal and I had Bert. And he was just working Cal. Yeah. Like, first time. First, first time, time working around. Cal like that out in public. And he has them, and he's sitting over in the Harry Potter area, and, and Cal's doing deep pressure therapy. And some guy comes up to him, and he goes, that bond that you and him have is just oh, amazing. amazing. Magical. It's magical. And I'm like, the hell? <laughs> you know, like, what about the, Bert, the bond Bert and I have? But we were in the bathroom, so he didn't get to see our magical bond. He would have said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I give Jamie a hard time about that all the time. Not you and Ollie either. It's you and no, Cal. Me and Cal. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we want, we want to use logic with this stuff too. Yeah. Um, what if your dog really is trying to get to you? Well, it's just, they're really trying to get to you. And we have to keep that in mind too. If one of my tasks for my dog is to go get help, it would be go get Rich or go get Luke or go get Jamie, go get Sam, go get somebody who's here, right? It's not going to be just go find a rando and tell them I need help. That's what an Apple Watch is for. It has fall alert on it, Right. What if the dog can't get to them? What if they're at work 12 hours a day, like away from here? Like, then that'd be a silly task. What if they're here, but they're back in the RVs and the dog has to jump the fence? That's not going to happen either. 
So what if we teach a bark alert? Well, now you have a dog who thinks barking is okay, and a barking dog is going to be seen as an aggressive dog and a pain in the butt. Will sometimes it work? Yes. Yes, some dogs need a bark alert. You know, but we have to think, you know, is this the best that we can do? What if we train the dog? Or what if it's because we're passing out and we just use an Apple Watch? Well, I don't want an ambulance coming. Like, I don't want an ambulance coming either. Like, when I pass out, I don't need the ambulance to be here. Like, I'm probably going to be fine. So if I know I'm going to pass out, my watch comes off because I don't want to ruin it. Uh, but I don't worry about that task. You know, that's not one that I pick that I need. Um, because I want to have that independence too. I want my dog to be there with me. But when I pass out, it looks like I'm having a seizure and I thrash. So if you ever see that, it's not, yeah. it's not a seizure. It's just passing out. So I personally don't want my dog laying across me. Like I know Sam's done for a few clients because I'm thrashy. So my dogs are taught to lay either beside me or stand there, you know, sit there, stand there or lay beside me, but not lay on top of me until I need them. And I call them over whenever I'm coming back to it to help reorient me. Remember I passed out in the kitchen once and I woke up and Gypsy's just standing there looking at me. Yeah. Like, okay. So that helps because it gives you something to focus on. Cause if I pass out and I wake up and I see this floor, I don't think, okay, I'm in, I'm in the bedroom. We're good. You know, I see this floor and I'm like, what is that? That's a floor. Okay. What's today? What just happened? You know, even the stupid, just because of TV and movies and stuff like, who's the president? What year is this? I have no idea. It's a, a hard reboot. Right. You have to be reoriented and that dog will help you too. Because if the dog's there, it's like, oh, I know, I know what I kind of. I know what this is. This is it might yeah. not click that this is right. Bert, right. you know, or that was Gypsy. But it'll be like, okay, cool. I've got something here and it's yeah. that tactile, right? Mm -hmm. So you can see it, you can hear it. If they're licking you, you can feel it. Mm -hmm. And you're getting that sensory. And then instead of freaking out because you don't know where this floor is from or what that white thing is right there, it's a welping box. But you know, you have that dog that you can focus on and it helps a lot. I like that. So, you know, you have to figure what tax, which is with your, um, with the pots and, and the feeling wonky or passing out did you use any scent work with Bert on that um, I didn't because the <laughs> first Malinois I had arrow mm -hmm. we did scent with him yeah because I wanted yeah and he would launch at me from across the room and because it was he would come into deep pressure therapy so he would run and just launch onto me like if I'm sitting on a chair or whatever and I didn't like that like it didn't matter if I was playing on the computer Boom, he was right there. Okay. And I was like, this is annoying. So he did. So it did work, though. It did work, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, But I'll, I'll warn people, too, you know, like, make sure you want it. Yeah. Because then if I'm just feeling bad, right. he's still, like, up my butt the whole time. And I'm like, yeah. leave me alone. So if you're doing it, you need to have that thank you. You go do what you need to do, and I will take care of myself. And it can't just be the whole, like, go lie down, I'm fine. Because the dog's going to be like, oh, no, you're not. And you're not doing what you need to do. And if you discourage it too much, the dog's going to stop doing yes. it. Because he's going to be like, well, then yeah. pass out and see if I care. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, with Bert, you know, I didn't encourage the scent stuff too much until we decided to start doing the, the scent stuff. But he also, we got him at, I don't know, six or seven weeks old. And I didn't really work with him until he was over four months old. Okay. Like Luke did. Yeah. So I was like, here, he's your dog. Work him. Train him. Like he, he'd be a little bit annoying. And I'm like, here, do something with your dog. And then I was like, we took him to get his prelims done. And I took him. 
I was like, he's a pretty cool dog. Yeah. You know, like Luke had done a good job. Like he'd spin and twirl and like he knew yeah. some little tricks and stuff at four months. And I was like, okay. I'm like, Luke, I think I'm going to steal your dog. Mm -hmm. um, and I had stole Arrow from Rich. So I like to steal my dog, to steal dogs to be my service dogs. Um, not that you need to be wor worried or anything, Jamie, but like <laughs> Ollie is a nice size for mobility yeah. for me. He is. <laughs> so we've been working on mobility. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't tell you there was an uh, ulterior motive for that. But, uh, but yeah, so, so we've, we've done it, but we just have to like, like I said, it can't be the whole, like, no, go away. It has to be, thank you. I'm going to do what I need to do. Well, that's another good point too, is because if, if it is, um, a blood sugar thing or whatever the case may be, how they're picking up that scent, if it's happening, what, five times a day or something, it may get to a point where it's just too much for the person then they are kind of shoving the dog off and like, hey, yeah. stop bothering me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or so I'm busy playing a video point. game or working or on homework yeah. or whatever. So you got to be really, to teach that, you have to be committed to every time that, that it happens, you have to, yes, you yeah. more. Yep. Thing. And, well, then you're going to get some dogs too who are going to say like, hey, check your sugar, give me my treat. Oh, yeah. Hey, check your I'll sugar, give me my treat. Yeah. Right? Because they, yeah, they're smart. Yeah. Um, so we have that and we also have... Uh, it can take some time. Yes. So most people, now a lot of people have Dexcoms, a uh, continuous glucose monitor. Right. Right. And they'll have it, you know, like here or maybe on their side or whatever. And they're getting like instant results. And you can get it like hooked up to your phone so you can read what your yeah. blood sugar's at all the time. Right. Sometimes they're wrong. My mom's had to be recalibrated because it was wrong. And so hers was reading really off, mm. which was a little scary. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I don't do a lot of diabetic alert dogs anymore yeah. because most people go with the continuous, right. yeah, yeah, with the, with the, um, the Dexcom. Um, but by the time it gets to the, when, if you would prick your finger, mm -hmm. it might be a couple minutes before it's reading down there. Right. So your dog can say, Hey, your sugar's low. And you check and you're like, ah, oh, it's not technically low. I'm good. Yeah. And what is low? Um, what is it? 99 that they say it should be now. It used to be 120 not too long ago, like maybe 20 years ago. 120 was the um, under 120 is fine. That's what I remember, yeah. Right? And now it's like under 99 is okay. fine. So, or it was up high. Like somehow it shifted. Yeah. And you can probably go back and find it, especially it's so funny. My mom had some old, like, I'm going to go on a diet books. And reading some of those, it was it was so weird, oh, like yeah. what these different diets were. You can yeah. go on the banana diet. Um, but... So you have those. So what we look for usually for lows, and we always train the lows first for diabetic, because diabetic lows smell like um, acetone, like nail polish remover. Mm -hmm. So if you go to the mall and you walk by the nail polish place and you're like, ooh, that stinks. Yeah, that's acetone. Gotcha. So. And that's the dangerous one, right? Yeah, that's a dangerous one too. That's the one that'll kill you yeah. if you get too low. The highs um, smell fruity. Yeah. So most dogs, it's easier to do the highs. Right. So sometimes people will say, well, yeah, but I have highs. Like that's, I'm getting up like 300, 500, 700, whatever. Um, but you still have to train the lows first. Cause what'll happen a lot of times with people who have diabetes is it'll switch and you'll go from having a bunch of highs to having a bunch of lows. Uh -huh. So you have to train the lows first. Even if you're like, I never, ever get lows. I don't care. We're still going to train the lows first. Yeah. And they all smell the same. So an endocrinologist is a diabetic doctor, okay. a diabetic specialist, and you can talk to your endocrinologist, talk to your GP and see if they can get you samples. So you can, you know, like I only have highs, I don't have lows, but my trainer wants me to train lows first. Right. 
can, do you have any patients who you think would be open to getting samples for me? Yeah, that makes sense. And how do we get the samples? You have a couple different ways to do it. Um, my L cheap and easy way to do it is a Q-tip or a swab. And one side of it is going to be spit in your mouth. The other side of it is going to be sweat. Especially for, this isn't for diabetic, we're switching back and forth. This is more for POTS or if we don't know what the scent is. We want to do spit and sweat scent together. So we'll do one side, spit, and the other side, scent, or, yeah, sweat. But I can't do it along my hairline because I maybe just use hairspray or I maybe just put makeup on or I just put lotion on. So I can't do my armpits because I just put deodorant on. Where are you going to get your scent from? You know, well, I lotioned up my legs and it's this really good moisturizer and it's like a body butter. So like you can feel it for a while. Yeah. So I don't want to do like my knee pits. Um, <laughs> you could do between boobs. Um, you could do lower back, like the smaller your back where you put a tramp stamp. That might work. Um, if you've like broken out into like a cold sweat everywhere, pots like stuff. Like sometimes I'll do that. I still have to watch the arms because perfume and lotion. So think of where would you put it because when you're not feeling good, you're not going to want to get a sample and you're going to say, I'll do a sample later. So if you do have a glucometer, which is the blood sugar test kit, mm -hmm. um, they come in little pouches or you can get a makeup pouch or join Ipsy and get a bunch of pouches and then you can choose, but put some sample collection things, everything that you need in there. So you have it or make up some test kits, again, Ipsy, or pencil bags, go to Timu and buy a dozen makeup pouches. And then you can make up kits and put them all over so you can make it as you need to. Because if you're sitting here and you're like, I don't feel good, but the, the test kit is yeah. in the- That's the last thing I want to do. Right? But guess what? What if you trained your dog to go get it, exactly. right? Yeah. But we still want to make it easy. We don't want to say, okay, Ollie, you need to open up that door, yeah. close it behind you, go find it, open up the drawer, mm -hmm. close it, Come back, open up the door again, and close. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, just like if your if your test kit has meds in it, because yeah. it should, right? Sure. It's yeah. probably going to have some sort of meds in it, even electrolyte in a little water, mm -hmm. right? Uh, for for pots, but you don't want to. Uh, oh, I'm going to teach him to go get a drink from the fridge. You really want himself to, or you really want him to help yourself to the steaks you're going to cook tonight? <laughs> exactly. yeah. You know, so we'll put the water in there. Do I like cold water from the fridge? Yes. And ice. Would I drink room temperature water to take meds because I need to? Yeah, I will. If I really wanted, um, get me a, a cold drink from the fridge, I would train it not with my normal fridge. I would train it with a dorm fridge, right? Uh, because you could take the, the little handle off of that. So it's things to think about because yeah. oftentimes when we talk to some owner trainers and professional trainers who think that I can change service things, it'll be so easy. Um, you know, they want to do things like I want to train them to open up my main fridge. Yeah, that's like one of the main things people want. Open up cabinets, open up the fridge. Right? You know. Push the button for the handicapped. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's not a lot of buttons out there. It's push. There's a few, but there's not, there, there, there's very few and far between for the places that I go to. Because I notice them. I do. Um, so... Spit and sweat on either side of the swab. You put it in a snack size Ziploc baggie, not Walmart special. Ziploc, go with the name brand. If you can go freezer, go freezer, right? You also are going to want to have masking tape or address labels. And you can pre-write out some of this. And you need to write on it the date and what it is. So if this was a diabetic sample... 
I could put down that it was whatever today's date is, month, day, year, yeah. um, and that my, uh, it was 70. It was yeah. 50. It yeah. was 130. You know, like I put down what it is, and then I'm going to take that in the sealed Ziploc labeled, and I'm going to put it in the back of my freezer. I'm going to have a quart-sized mason jar, mm -hmm. and I'm going to pop it in there. Now, if I just took this swab, and I didn't label it and put it in a bag, and I popped it in the mason jar, that's stupid. Don't do that. Right. Because you don't know. You don't know what it is. Why, what is this? Gonna I'm going to write it on there. Like on the little stick between the swab. No, you're not going to do it. Don't do that. Don't do that. It has to go in the Ziploc. It has to. Um, one of the things that we bought in bulk were, uh, if you're watching, you're going to see uh, dental cotton, which I don't have. And that's cotton that would fit in here and like fill it right, up. Right. Right. Or if you go to the dentist, they put cotton in your mouth and you're like, Bleh, afterwards, yeah. that's dental cotton. Okay. That is going to take a lot to saturate. Yeah. So if you think you're going to take a spit sample, don't swallow your spit for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, while you're prepping it or like while you're checking your glucometer, just don't swallow. Right. And then, you know, you're like, it's going to fall out. And then you pop it in there and it's going yeah, to soak it up. That makes sense. You can also cut up your, your cotton, your dental cotton if yeah. you're using it. Mm -hmm. What if you cut it into like quarters or thirds or a hundredths? Like mm -hmm. you can have it and then you can have multiple ones in. Like yeah. I've got four samples in here. Or you can do four separate containers. But this was nice because you can pop that top off pretty easy. Yeah. For real, it's easy. There we go. You pop the top off, and then you can kind of roll it out. Because here's the gross thing is, no, this is just a scent swab. This isn't spit. This is like birch or something. Yeah. But if it's spit, I don't want to touch your spit. It's gross. And if you're doing diabetic or any scent-based medical, one of the things trainers will tell you is now you rub that spit, that other person's spit oh, right, yeah. on you. Yeah, so that you Ew. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not I'm not rubbing someone else's spit on. I don't want Rich's spit on me. I don't want anybody's spit on me. I don't want my spit on me. Like, no, I'm not rubbing someone else's spit on me. That's where these come in. This is a metal circle tin with holes punched in the top. And you can see we punched them because they're mm -hmm. not even. There's a metal hole punchy thing. If, I don't know if you can open that or not. They'll eventually rest together and you're not gonna be able to use it forever. Um, top or is it twist? Um, both. I think it's pop. And then magnets. So yeah, these magnets. are, I think I got these years ago at Hobby Lobby. They're the strongest magnet I could find. And I mean, I'm sure with the internet and stuff, I could probably find stronger now. But I don't remember what this was. But they're pretty strong magnets. So I could take it, and I usually just keep a magnet in the tin. Well, I can open the tins. Yeah. Um, I'll keep the magnet in there. And then I can pop that tin wherever. So if we're going to go, like we went to Universal yesterday, I could have that in my pocket. Now, if that had diabetic low on it, and I was training the dog and it was just in my pocket for the whole day, the dog's going to learn to ignore it. So what do we do? We can use a quart-sized Ziploc and have it maybe in a little cooler. Or maybe I won't even use that. Maybe I'll use like this little plastic doohickey and have it in a Ziploc put it in my pocket and then pull it out of my pocket, unzip lock it. Maybe I'll tuck it into my sock. Maybe I'll tuck it up my sleeve. Maybe I'll tuck it, yay for bras, right? In my bra strap. Um, maybe I'll tuck it in my waistband or put it in my pocket. Are you wearing jeans or are you wearing mesh shorts? One's gonna be easier for the dog to smell through, right. right? And then maybe we'll do where the dog's like, oh, wait a minute. Like it's thought, I smell something in your pocket and you're like, cool. And then you chuck it or you put it back in the zip lock and do it one or two more times and then you chuck it. Like you have to know when you're introducing the scent 
So the dog does good with it. Right, you don't want him to be like, yeah, you always smell like that. Yeah. It's not a big deal. But where does it start? At three days old with teaching the dog that scent has meaning. Scent has meaning. You smell different today. Mm -hmm. You look different today. Yeah. And it's not just because you're wearing a different hat. There's something like you, I want to know what it is. Like your, your pupils are more dilated and the dog might be like, yeah. that always happens because of classical conditioning before this happens. Right. So therefore, I'm going to watch whenever that happens and let you know so you can take measures to prevent. Sure. Yep. Boom, boom. Makes sense. This is birch. Just And you see we have it. We have birch, anise, clove. I think there's another one. Um, but we have them in their baggies with the dropper. Because the dropper, topper. This is from Learberg. This annoys me. I got the one ounce and I got the dropper. The dropper doesn't fit on there. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. It's really annoying. Hmm. So I think I need to go on Timu and order and just re-bottle all of them. Mm -hmm. Because... This is a frustration and annoyance to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got them. So we make up our own. I don't just buy the swabs. I lied. I buy the swabs. I make up our own. We'll cut the swabs in half and put them in like a little mason jelly jar. Yep. And then we'll add in a drop or two of the scent and we'll let it soak in the scent for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So then we can take the swabs out. We use them. And once you're out and you use them, for birch, for AKC scent work, or, you know, diabetic stuff, they're contaminated and you can't reuse them all the time. So how long do samples last? We will tell you, we don't know because we're not dogs, but what they say is three, day, three months in the freezer, three days in the fridge. For the diabetic samples, it's so gross. They start getting moldy about day two and a half. Oh gosh. Like visible molding. So some people will take it out of the freezer let it thaw for five or 10 minutes, use it with the dog, and then put it back in the freezer. And I'm mm -hmm. like, but it's still contaminated. Right. You know, um, so we'll pull it, we'll use it for a day and a half to two days max, uh, and it'll be in there. See you and Jamie can't open it. I can't it. get it, I think it's glued shut. Right, <laughs> it was glued shut, that was a trick. <laughs> Gorilla glue for the window, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, it just happens, you can see there's some yeah, rust on it too. Yeah. So that's why we'll, we'll get a bunch of them. Amazon or, or like I said, I'm sure Timu would have it too because they only last so long. And then if I use this for diabetic, I can't go and use this for pots because mm -hmm. it's contaminated, right? Yeah. So I could label the back of it. I have a nice little label maker now so yeah. we can print up labels for everything, but we could um, label it or we just chuck it and we do the other one because if it saves, even if it's $2, I don't think they're $2, but say they're $2, but like you're training a service dog. So spend... Yeah. Spend a hundred bucks on new tins if you need to, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, yeah. So what we'll do is we'll take the tin and the scent stays in there. Cause like I said, I don't want to touch somebody else's spit. Uh, and we will put it in a Tupperware, a sealed Tupperware, not like a janky thing that had, you know, like what the Hormel lunch meat in it. Like we'll get the one with the rubber seal with the clip down sides, a small one, like the stupid ones that you get in the kit and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. Like nothing is this small. This is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect for these. Yeah. And that's in there. And we might label it, um, you know, Monday, January 1st, right. you know, and then we know that on January 3rd, we need to replace it. So then we could cross on and put January 3rd. So we know how old the scent sample is um, because we need it. Now, if I'm doing a dog and I have a dog for 30 days and they bring me 30 scent samples, I'm golden. Because if I'm going to work the dog every day, I've got a fresh scent sample that I can use every day. And I don't have to put it back in the fridge, in the mason jar. Because I don't want it sucking up the onion that's diced in there. 
you know, you don't want that. But like I said, everyone has their own little, um, and you, you could do one dog and say, oh, this is how you have to do every dog, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the dogs love it. We had one, this still, I remember, um, it still breaks my heart a bit. And I just told you about it, but I didn't tell them about it. So you take her to get it. Okay. It was a pointer owned by a veterinarian. And she wanted the dog to be a diabetic alert dog for her teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. And the dog came in for board and trained. The dog wanted nothing to do with scent. The dog wanted to try my chickens. So I lied. He liked scent mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. He didn't want it for, here's the scent, touch it. Or here's the scent, paw. Or here's the scent, let me know. And I also don't do a paw alert usually. Usually it's a nose boop. Because I don't need the dog raking his nails down my leg. It's annoying. Um... The dog wanted nothing to do with it. The dog did not want to be out in public. The dog did not want to be a service dog, and they have to want to do it. Yeah, it has to be something that they enjoy doing. He would much rather trail my chickens around the yard. And I told the owner, like, he does not want to be a service dog. And she's like, well, he will. They would go out into the Gulf of Mexico on a boat, a couple hours out into the Gulf, and the daughter liked to swim. Well, what did we just find out about diabetics and exercise? Exercise will lower your blood sugar. So if you do have highs, what do they tell you to do? Go for a walk. Yeah. And you just have to wait it out. So that's two where the lows are going to kill you. The highs, it just takes time for it to come down. Right. So the dog's like, hey, I told you you were high. I'm still telling you you're high. I'm still telling you you're high. And you're like, dude, all I can do is go for a walk. I'm still walking. Yeah. So that's where the lows are more important. But I'm not going to trust my daughter to the dog who doesn't want to do it. Right. You know, two hours off of the coast, I don't know how fast how far helicopters go if a helicopter could go out and get her but hopefully she got a, a, a dexcom and has stuff just in case sure yeah you know because because it's scary it is yeah. uh and while i don't do a lot there's a trainer in texas adam gibson and that's who i recommend if someone's asking for specifically for diabetic alert dog training oh, okay. talk to him and then i someone was like oh because he teaches some workshops and all and another trainer was like, oh, but he only works with local people. And, and this, I said, I don't care. I said, then maybe he knows people who can recommend a diabetic alert dog trainer closer. Or maybe that will encourage him to put together some sort of virtual program. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's his specialty. So yeah. just like I would hope if he'd get a POTS dog, he'd be like, talk to Vicky. Right. You know, like I'm going to send where Yeah. They're, that's what they do. That's what they excel in. Yeah. And if we go to conference next year, I think he's doing something. Oh, good. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, for AP or no ICP, because um, it's in Texas next year or this yeah. year. One of the other scent, um, I guess, practice things that we would do is like a PVC pipe and have a scent inside of it. Yeah. And have the dog as long as it's in the dog's mouth, he's good. He's he's having fun. He's playing. Once it came out of the mouth, you know, everything stops until it goes back in the mouth. Uh-huh. That was more for the police dogs, um, just getting that scent just wafting through their mouths and their nose, I guess. Um, is that something we do at all? We used to. Okay. Rich would make, um, what, what did he call them, food bombs? Yeah. So you could either do it with small holes for scent, scent bombs or the scent ones. Food bombs had bigger holes that the food could come through, kind of like a wobbler. Yeah. Okay. Right? So we did both of them with all the different fittings and all, and he'd get his drill out, and he'd have so much fun doing all these. But I had some questions about it. Mm-hmm. One of the things, if the dog is panting, they're not smelling. So what Bart would say, and it's a gross analogy, but it really gets the point in, is if you go into a stinky bathroom, Mm -hmm. you're going to breathe through your mouth, not your nose, because you don't want to smell it. Yep. So I don't know how much scent they're getting through their mouth. Yeah. And then we know when we're doing scent work with the boys, 
We want the mouth closed. Right. Because if they're exactly. open mouth panting, we know that they, they could be fake looking for it with their eyes, but they're not using their nose. And they'll close their mouth and then they'll find it because they're using their nose fully. So I don't know how feasible it is versus like it looks like it. Yeah. What I would recommend doing, and we've done this before, is we've soaked toys in the scent. Oh. That doesn't mean here's a bath of birch. Right. Right. But if we have, say, like a birch spot, um, we've done actually with gluten because we got one vital wheat gluten and soaked some toys in it and then played with the dog with these toys. And soaked means just like we take a shoebox and put some vital wheat gluten in there, put like a drop or two of birch or, you know, some of the scent, maybe put a couple scent swabs from, you know, from pots in this shoebox, plastic shoebox, not like what you just got your Adidas in um, and clip it and just let that scent soak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that could be, we did some um, of those like bar towels yeah. for the dog. We had taken some toys that we could throw in the wash if need be to, you know, to um, clear it out. Uh, and it's going to be more fabric toys. I don't know how much like a chuck it ball or a Kong, like a red Kong would absorb the odor. Yeah. You know, you could try it and see, cause they have their own odor too, that you need to proof off of. Right. Um, but, you know, do that and then play with that. So, like, that means good things happen. But, again, yeah. you're diabetic or you're going to pass out. Do you want your dog to, like, jump up and you say, like, hey, it's time to play. I know that smell. I'm, like, putting your mouth on you because it... Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you smell like my favorite toy. I'm going to bite you. Yeah, it makes sense. <clears throat> so, I've seen it and I've seen it. Um, you know, I had a friend who was telling me that she was doing it with her dog. You know, having him carry this scent stick, mm -hmm. you know, with the holes in it yep. to the neighborhood on walks. But I'm like, but well, I don't yeah. know what he's doing out of it. Like, That's a good point. I think you'd have to do some trials and see, um, okay, these dogs are all about the same level. Half of them we're going to do yeah. normal, like how we always do. And half of them we're going to have him carry this and we're going to see if it makes any difference. Right. Or if it just looks cool. Yeah. Please talk so I like to look cool. Yeah, I think that's part of it for sure because you can get good pictures of it. So yeah, you can. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so you know we can do that um, with the uh, um, with the toys with the scent soaking. Okay. Um, and and get them like scent has meaning, right? This toy means something awesome, but it would have to really be a specific situation. Like I said, this one dog, it was a that we had done the vital wheat gluten with was a Vishla. And she didn't really care to use her nose for that, but she wanted to, the owner needed that gluten detection and she wasn't getting the scent part of it, but she liked to play. Yeah. So we take some of those bar tiles we put them on the end of a fort pole and we get her playing that way with it because Vishla, yeah. right? Hunting dog movement. Mm -hmm. And she really enjoyed that. Yeah. And, and it, for her, it clicked. You can ask Tara too, because um, Tara was here whenever we were doing. Maui was the dog. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that, that worked out good. And yeah, and you do have to watch that contamination. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't want to contaminate. So if we're training with the metal tins, right? Then we need to train with metal tins with scent, metal tins without scent. Because we don't want him saying, it's a metal tin, I know yeah. what that means. Right. So that's why we use the metal, we use plastic. We'll sometimes just take one of those snack size Ziplocs and open it. You know, depending on what it is, because I'm not touching other people's spit with my hands or putting it on me. But if we're doing the birch, we'll just take the Q-tips. And we'll like hide Q-tips and then we'll go and pick them up afterwards or we'll put masking tape and tape them onto places. Or we have pieces of a little kit in the car. Um, we have straws and we've cut up straws so we could put this, the straw, um, put the Q-tip in the straw and then pop that somewhere. 
you know, what else can we do? And then it's contaminated, so I can't reuse it. So then they go right in the garbage. So we might, oh, we need to stick little Ziplocs in there. So we have for the contaminated ones, because then I can't walk around. Say Jamie has Bert or Ollie. Jamie has one of the dogs, and I go and I hide five things of scent in the park, right? And he's going around, and, and the dog's finding, is the dog finding, he puts it in his coat pocket. That's not going to help. Because right. then he's going to smell like five times birch, mm -hmm. and the dog's going to be like, um, it's in your pocket. Yeah. I found yeah. it. I found it. So we'll do that, and we'll chuck it. And then teaching Bert, too, as we're getting to the more advanced levels in scent, there could be two hides. There could be a birch and an anise. Exactly. So he can't keep coming back and saying, it's right here. I'm telling you it's right here. Like, okay, thank you. I know it's there. Where's the other one? Right. So you kind of want that depending on what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. What else you got? Makes sense. Um, I know we've, you and I have talked about this and kind of on our own, but um, those ball launchers, we would use those too. We'd have like three or four of them lined up, boxes, and then the scent in those. And I think really the differentiator between the police dog work and the service dog work is that they're not getting any treats or food. They're, it's all play. It's all play. It's all yeah. play. Um, so I don't know. We haven't used one of those here, but I, I saw how effective it was there. Um, is that something you all have tried at all? Um, we hosted one of the canine, police canine trainers in Gainesville to come out and do a scent workshop years ago when we were in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. And he came out and he brought his ball launcher. Yeah. That noise, that's... Oh, is that her? Yeah. That, that's either I'm getting more comfortable or I'm not comfortable. No, she has had puppies. I'll show you what's going on. Lucy's over here. That's Rich's comfy chair. And um, she's had puppies on that chair before. So that, that grunting, yeah, that, that could be a sign. There's a reason we're back here today. And it's not just because I want you to watch the fan in the mirror. Um, so the ball launcher is really cool. Uh, we looked into getting one after that. But they're about seven or $800. But that was like 10 plus years ago. Yeah. So it might be a different price now. Um, I don't, though, want the dog to just check the boxes. Like, most of the time with the service dogs, the scent's on us. So them checking boxes and telling me which one has it for the ball to launch. Um, and you basically hit, like, um, a key fob, and it goes, bing, and it comes up. And the dog's like, hell yeah, you know, like, because it's coming directly from the source. So there's obedience to odor. Mm -hmm. And then there's... Um, so like, is it here? So if the dog's like, it's right here, I know it's right here. So if you're teaching a really good indicator, that would be really good. And then boing, it comes up and the dog's like, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't need that as much with what we're doing. They also have scent walls, which are really cool. They're yeah. like, yeah. Uh, what is that game? Do you remember from, um, Price is Right where you like, plank that thing? No, um, you'd like reach in, you'd like be able oh, yeah. to punch the, yes. like five different things yeah. and then they reach in. That's what it reminds me yeah, of. Yeah, it is. Plank like that. You're right. Um, but yeah, so you have that, but most of the stuff isn't on the wall. It's not in the box. Mm -hmm. You know, we did box work today. So like that's box, but yeah. it's, it's a little different, but the big thing was that. So if we are good with our markers, which we start teaching the dogs when their ears open, we start with the clicker yeah. So about three, four weeks old. These dogs are learning the markers that we use. So if we can mark while they're indicating, even for Bert Janice Clo for APC scent work, right? If we mark there. And then we reward, you know, as long as we don't classically condition that, boing, and I'm back at you and give me my food or give me my toy. Right. And the food often um, lower a dog's drive, um, stabilize a dog's drive, right, whereas a toy will ramp it up. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we could ramp up because a lot of the dogs who are police dogs, I'm not an expert on them, but I've trained enough with Nipopo stuff that like I get a lot of it. Um, a lot of them are these high octane Malinois and Excellent. shepherds and yeah. dogs that are just crazy mm -hmm. and they want to keep making them crazier. And then they don't under people don't understand that even the general public that like they really watch these dogs. Like when they do outings and demos, the dog gets out there, does the demo and gets off. Like mm -hmm. you don't go up and pet those dogs. Right. You don't go up and love on those yeah. dogs. Yeah. Uh, and if their handler can, that doesn't mean you, the general public can. Right. Um, you know, I think it would benefit them more to bring in some markers and impulse control for the dogs. So the dogs are just a little bit not as cray cray. Yeah, I, I think you make a good point there. Because that ball launcher thing immediately ramps them up. Like, yep. they go from zero to 100. And if you had a little kid nearby or something, yeah. you don't necessarily want that with our dogs, right? Right, so. but they're also not usually at Universal, yeah. you know, looking for it. And they're not, um, you know, they're in drug warehouses. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, where's, yeah. The, right. where's the good stuff? Yeah. yeah. But, but, yeah, no, it's a great thing and it's a great tool, you know, to have. And... To have something that, okay, like, what if? What if we get, what if that pointer, if you don't want to do it, what if he was ball or Maui like to play? Like, something like that could have helped click for them. So if anyone wants to donate a ball launcher to Hope Service Dogs, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. We are happy to do a receipt donation for you. Cool. Yeah, I love to work with it. Yeah. They're fun. I mean, I'm not saying they're not fun. And you do need to have multiple of them. You can't just have one because right. the dog's like, it's right here. Yeah. You need to have, I mean, I'd say at least three to get started. Mm -hmm. um, six would be more ideal. But I don't know if they all have to have the launcher in it. But the dog's going to be, it might be able to smell like, hey, this has like the oil in it that makes the mechanism mm -hmm. go. Right. You know, I don't know. Yeah. This one smells like ball. <laughs> ball. Ball is life. Exactly. Ball, ball, ball. You got any other questions? No. We covered a lot. We did. <laughs> right? So Jamie, um, we were talking about this the other day. And I said, let's do this for the podcast. And he was like, okay, I'll write up a list of questions. And then, like, every day since then, I'm like, you ready to do that podcast? He's like, no, I need to work on my list of that questions. was only one day. <laughs> it wasn't every day. It was, like, every day for the last two days. Um, and so, see, it was every day. Um, and then yesterday, when we got back from Universal, we were both just done. Yeah. But, uh, but I told him I like to swing by the seat of my pants. So, yeah. we just, you want to do it now? And he's like... No, but okay. Um, you might have to edit it. I'm like, it'll be live on Facebook. It's okay. So you were a good sport for it, Jamie. Thank you were a great um, con contribution. Um, you. you had a lot of good stuff. Because if it's just me rambling, they get that a lot. Anyway. Okay. And I try not to ramble too much. That was fun. And Thank you me. kept me on track. So that was good. Me. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, for more information, check out Hope Service Dogs. Our link tree is L-I-K-N-T-R dot E-E backslash Hope, H-O-P-E-S-D for service dog. Our website is hopeservicedogs.org, and uh, you can find us there. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and the TikToks and the YouTubes. Um, we've got different channels for different things, which is why Linktree is nice. Jamie is starting up his own. Um, if you're in Central Florida or if you're not in Central Florida and you want to work with him, reach out his email, if you're ready for it, is james at hopeservicedogs.org. You know, or you can message us through the site, and I can get you guys in touch. Um, but yeah, and he's working on starting up all his businessy stuff. Yep. So I'm in between here and uh, east coast of Florida, so I can kind of cover 
and sometimes in Birmingham area. Yep, sometimes in Birmingham. Yep. So your dog will get a huge experience um, working with him because he does travel around. What is it with people who travel coming and staying here for part time? Yeah. But we are trying to talk him into moving here. He stopped looking at houses though, no, so I'm sad. That's not true. I'm back on it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. But we have Puppy Watch, so we're going to go and we will catch you guys next time. Right. Bye. Bye.